Welcome back to another episode of Let's Fuck About It. I'm Summer, and I'm joined today by my partner and co-host, Cam. How are you doing today, Cam? So far, I feel wonderful. I'm already baked, and I'm ready (laughs) for this podcast. Um, Before we get started, I did just want to give you just a little social plug. So my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Summerstone. Twitter is Summerstone with three E's at the end. And everything else you can find at summerstone.fun. So .fun. Also, I did want to say thank you so much to everyone who's been leaving nice ratings and reviews. It does really help us out if you leave a five-star review, if you like the podcast. So just got to throw that in there. Today's episode, we kind of wanted to talk about something that I do really frequently on my OnlyFans, which is going live. So I've been doing this consistently for probably like a year now like regularly going live. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, how I started out, things I've tried and, you know, what I've learned, how it's changed. So before we get into all of that... What weed are we smoking this morning, Cam? Today we are smoking a Blue Dream, which is a sativa dominant hybrid... I feel like I say it every time. That's our go-to. I mean, Summer prefers more just sativa, but, you know, sometimes a hybrid's nice. It's got us feeling creative, you know, it's like energetic. It's like the sativa. It's the the typical sativa, I'd I'd say. And it's not too high on THC, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, I feel like I didn't have trouble just like jumping into what I needed to get done after smoking it. So we had a little bit of a coffee mishap, if you will. Summer, do you want to get into that for us? Okay, so we went to our favorite bagel shop this morning, and we always kind of know we probably shouldn't order coffee there, but it's so convenient. And like, if I'm in the mood to go out for a bagel, I'm in the mood to go out for coffee. Like, it just means I'm in lazy mode. And this morning, we got the wrong drinks. We've gotten the wrong drinks so many times at this specific bagel shop that we already know, like, not to ask for them to change it. Because if they remake it, like, we're just not going to want to wait, like, 30 minutes to get it. Like, we do live in, like, such a populated area. Everything's just crazy all the time, too. So we just went ahead and drank the drinks we got, but it was not cutting it. So now we're drinking some just home coffee. I think it's the Stoke Cold Brew. Whatever cold brew we got from Whole Foods, like, the big one for the fridge. But I'm pretty sure it was the Stoke one. It might just be an iced coffee. And we just threw some oat milk on there and now we're happy and all is right in the world because we finally have some coffee. Yeah, it's very rare that I throw my coffee away, but like we both ordered coffee without dairy in it. And then one of them was definitely like it tasted honestly like coffee make creamer on top type (laughs) of vibe. And I had a couple sips and I was like, no, this is fine. It's worth it for the caffeine. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And then we like walk out and I'm just like, I'm going to throw this away. I think it's a, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I think there's actually probably not very much coffee in those because I drank my whole drink and I still just felt like I didn't have any coffee. But I guess no one's asking the bagel shop to have a perfect coffee situation. I do have to say, though, if you're putting a single shot of espresso in your 16 ounce drink, I think you deserve some jail time. That's a little, uh, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, that's rough. 
All right. Well, it's time for us to hop into our little sex ed portion because we all know we could use a little extra sex ed every now and then. So what do you have for us today, Cam? This is sexual education. Did you know you could actually have allergic reaction from having sex? I did not know that. No. Brazil nuts, I don't really have them too often, but apparently it's like a pretty high on the list of like allergies that people have in the nut, you know, the nut region. Apparently, if I was to have some Brazil nuts and then have sex with someone who has a Brazil nut allergy, that my semen could actually cause an allergic reaction if it was recent enough. That's literally terrifying, especially because... Like Brazil nuts suck, but they are really high in selenium. So I know a lot of people, especially vegans, will take like one Brazil nut a day as literally like a like supplement. Also, just like how scary is it that you could just like go on a date with someone and, you know, you guys have a great date and it gets to the part where you guys want to have sex and you just didn't like I don't think that comes up on first dates like, hey, by the way, I have a Brazil nut allergy. And then you like bust in her and it's like allergic reaction mode activate like i don't know that's terrifying yeah because you're not expecting to have to ask someone if they've had a brazil nut because brazil nuts literally suck they're so <laughs> bad what if they just like brush their teeth like it it's just literally no, so it's, it's actually the in the semen yeah and so far it's the only food allergy we know that could pass through semen just like an sti or std that's so scary isn't that insane well, if you're out there and you have a Brazil nut allergy, please consider asking everyone before you. Uh, yeah, I want to know if you even knew this was a thing. Like, please reach out to us and tell us, because how do you navigate that? Oh, I want to make some kind of like joke about Brazil nut, like because of the cum thing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to reach for it. <laughs> I just going to say, like, did we did peanut did peanut allergies just go away? Because I just feel like it was so much more prevalent in my life when I was younger. And now it's like, no one has peanut allergies. Did we just like advance? Did we evolve a society to, to move past the peanut allergy? Wait, yeah. When's the last time you met someone with a peanut allergy? Maybe natural selection. Ran oh my its God. Course. The last person I could think of that I met with a peanut allergy, I think I was like a teenager yeah that's what i'm saying i was like literally in like elementary school and then what nothing cassidy girl if you're out there i hope <laughs> you're alive i hope the natural selection theory was not the answer <laughs> maybe they outgrew it yeah i've been trying to not tell cam in advance like we're trying not to tell each other our sex facts or whatever we pull because i feel like it just you could just tell when we're like, oh, that's crazy, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we already knew. <laughs> so I'm going to pull mine up real quick. Okay, so mine is about someone named Suzanne Noble. She's 61 years old, and she has a podcast called Sex Advice for Seniors, which we're already off to a good start there. Like, I feel like I need to listen to it because that's probably amazing. Um, and I know she runs a podcast with her partner, and then... They created basically a online sex shop that's specifically geared towards seniors and people over, I think she said people over 50. So basically all of the toys that they sell on there, they try to keep it really simple, like less powerful and intense and just like overall more approachable, which I think is so cool because as much as there's like so much stigma around sex and like sex work toys everything for like young people it's like obviously so much worse for seniors 
I feel like I've seen in like media and different, you know, shows or whatever that it's like they joke about it, but that all these like retirement homes have like massive outbreaks of different like STIs because they just don't know any better. They're just not practicing safe sex. They don't understand the implications of like having these multiple sex partners, you know, because it's a lot of I would imagine, you know, people, older people who were formerly in relationships and maybe their partners passed and now they're like back in the dating swing of things and retirement home and just like having these like elderly orgies, which is like good for them. But I mean, you got to practice safe sex. Yeah. And they're probably thinking they don't have to worry about getting pregnant. too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should pull up the site and look at the toys. Yeah. You want to? Let me pull it up. While Summer does that, I also, I want to just note that I've seen that there's like secret codes. Do you know about this? Where in these retirement communities, like on their golf carts, there's like, like really big swinger communities among the elderly people. And they like put different colored flags or whatever on their golf carts. So when they're like going around the neighborhoods, like the other swingers could see what they're into based on like what flag they have on their golf cart. I've never heard that, but slay. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay, what'd okay, you find? Okay, fold it up. Okay. Looks like sex toys. Looks exactly the same. To me, I see a lot of books for sex that seem really good, like Come As You Are vibes. It does seem like there's just like purposely less options, which I think is good. I think it's it's giving like the Trader Joe's effect where nice. like you have less options for one thing and makes it less overwhelming. Yeah, lots of books that I think are probably specifically geared towards seniors, if I had to guess. Some of them, it seems like it, most of them, it seems like it would apply to anyone, but yeah. And the prices seem really reasonable. Cool. Seems like they're doing something really cool. I love that your current event is finally something not super fucking depressing. Like, I love that we go into those really more in-depth sex conversations about what's going on in society but sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of a softer one yeah i had a fucking search for it too well you did great i think i'm gonna have to start paying for the new york times subscription because every time i'm looking for an article i could see like oh that would be so much happier like that'd be such a peppier story and then i can't click on it there has to be like a chrome extension that gets us around it we'll we'll get back to you guys on that one but if you hear us talking about the New York Times, we totally paid for it. <laughs> yeah, we love the New York Times and paying for their service. Well, I hope I'm also participating in some fun elderly orgies and <laughs> waving flags for what I'm into when I'm that age. But let's definitely hop into our topic today, which is live streaming on OnlyFans. I'm, I know I just went into that kind of, so I won't put you through my whole spiel again, but I think I wanted to start with just talking about what I've done in the past and like how I kind of started figuring out going live. So when I first started going live on OnlyFans, I would never like promo it beforehand or schedule it. I would just kind of like hop onto live to see if anyone was online. And I think that was definitely a mistake because even when you like promo it a lot, sometimes the first little like 15 minutes or something is just completely dead anyways. So that was kind of the first place I probably went wrong was just not promoing or scheduling in advance. I think you still kind of have that experience, even if you have a lot of fans of having like a good chunk of the lives that you do just kind of end up being super dead. Like it's definitely hit or miss. And I know that's how it is for people who cam regularly too. So 
that's kind of, I guess, the disclaimer here is you just have to kind of like plan things in advance, know that you're going to be going live, be promoting it, and also be prepared to like entertain yourself. Yeah. And we've done very minimal planning for some lives that summer's done. And then there's been times where it's like a month in advance and we'll like be asking our subs what times work for them. We ran polls to try to see what are the best times for us to be going live because we've done a couple of BG lives here and there too. So it's like something we've considered. We've had polls and had the data and tried to do what was based on just those polls and still like turnout was low on one of them. And the other one was super popping. And then the next week it was like dead. And then the next week it's popping. So it's just really just about what mood these people are in your buyers, you know? Because it kind of comes down to like, maybe you have those subs that are like super excited to come watch you be live. I have a few of those for sure. But I think in general, like most of us are just reaching for porn when we're already horny, right? Like I'm not expecting everyone to carve out that time in their day to just like expect to be horny, but it definitely does help to give people kind of that warning. But yeah, I would say if you're someone who's listening to this podcast because you're considering starting going live regularly, just kind of ask yourself your level of patience with it and how you, uh, how you feel about that, because you're definitely going to have times when you try to go on and it's just dead and you're just waiting around, or maybe your first 30 minutes are dead and then you make hundreds of dollars in your last 30 minutes. So you kind of have to be prepared for that, like instability of it all. So definitely ask yourself if that's something that you're down for first. Yeah. We know a lot of sex workers too, that they will camp five hours straight and that's what they make all their money off of. So it really is just I feel like luck of the draw just depends on the moment, but you know, sometimes you can make a lot of money. So it does pay off. I think it's definitely worth it to look into. So just to get into kind of my setup for camming or for especially, I mean, I cam on some other sites, but for the most part, I just go live on OnlyFans. So my kind of setup for that is I have a webcam, which was gifted to me through like a collab that I did with a cam site. So I have a nice webcam, thankfully, that I have on its own tripod. And I'll connect that to my laptop so that I can stream from my laptop. And then I'll also usually be watching something while I cam. So in my room, I have a projector or if you have a TV or whatever. And then I usually will also either be live somewhere else on my phone at the same time or I'm like working on my phone, which I'm sure if you're engaged, you probably have a better chance of like reaching better numbers. But for me, I think it's not really realistic to be able to step away for like multiple hours at a time so regularly. So that's something I would recommend if you're able to be streaming on a laptop and have your phone accessible to you or something to do, even if you're just like, I don't know. I know people who crochet while they're going live or something like that. Play their Switch or yeah, or yeah. on their phone playing a game, whatever. Because I will tell you when I don't have something to do during a live, it takes 10 minutes for me to be bored out of my mind and feel like it's been an hour. I get that. Yeah, I I think I get that just when I'm doing work on the computer. I don't I need some stimulation or else it just feels like you're just going on and on and on. And you're sitting there, you start looking at your watch, you're counting the hours. And I totally I have some entertainment for sure. Yeah. So now I guess I should talk about like the things that I've done in the past. So when I first started going live, I think I had when I started doing lives like 300 fans. So there was definitely a lot of like 
really slow lives. I was kind of trying to build up just like the idea that I was going live on a regular schedule and just kind of like, I guess like bond with my subs. And since I was going live only on OnlyFans at that time, I was more, I think, open to kind of spending my time on it even if I wasn't making money where it was like, okay, these are already subscribers that paid to see me. It's not like I'm going live on like a free site where, you know, I don't want to like give anything away. So at that time, my lives were like a truth or dare setup, which I think there was a lot of things I liked about it and a lot of things I hated about it. Ultimately, it didn't really work out for me. Part of it was that I was pricing the dares at $5 per dare, which for me, I'm looking back, I think that was too low for the time that I was committing to it. But I honestly didn't know anyone else who was like live streaming or anything. I didn't know if it was pe- something that people would actually be interested in. And then I would answer truths for free. But the biggest hole in that whole plan was just that like the dares weren't preset at all. So people would just like dare me to use a certain toy or something. And there was just no real like framework for what people could dare me to do. And obviously I wasn't doing anything I was uncomfortable with. Like I would just say like, oh, I'm not going to do that, but I'll do this. But I think it was just too open-ended. And I did notice when I moved away from this towards like me choosing the prizes for things that people were more interested because I think just people just didn't want to have to think of like, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot to ask to be like, what exactly do you want to see me do in this moment? You know, I don't know. It just seems too open-ended. Yeah. Like now it's kind of jumping the gun, but Summer does like a random draw of stuff that she's predetermined what she wants to do. And I think at the start, you even had a couple slips that were like, draw again or dare me or, you know, or like give me a dare or something. You'd be sitting there just on live, like after they already did the draw and like they wouldn't say anything for like five, 10 minutes. And you're like, Okay, well, I guess we'll circle back on that one once they think of something because someone else tipped. And I don't think you even really do those ones anymore, huh? Yeah. I also, at that time, I think a big thing that I was doing wrong is that I felt like obligated to entertain people the whole time because I would have like 12 viewers where no one's tipping. And I would think like, I just need to convince them. But really, like most of those people were just not planning on tipping and just wanted to watch. So they were just keeping it running in the background because they just wanted to like, see when someone did tip or something. Like, I feel like I definitely felt too much of an obligation to be like fully present where now I'm like able to more multitask and feel just more comfortable. And I really enjoy them now. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, you were kind of treating it like how you would treat Chatterbait or Cam Soda, where there's like a for you page in a sense that is rotating through with like who's live at the moment where you have to be a little bit more engaging with the people who are stopping in and just being more entertaining in a sense because they're not paying you. They're not like they haven't already like paid through the paywall of like OnlyFans to be there to see you on like those sites. I feel like they're kind of just stopping in and moving from like one to the other, like kind of moving a lot. So you have to be more like advertising about what you're doing or what you're live about. Yeah. And I know that some people will go live on their free pages and you can charge like an entry fee. I haven't tried doing that ever. I feel like people on my free OnlyFans like never engage with me. So I don't know how that would go for me, but I could see if you're doing something like that, wanting to be more engaged. But yeah, for me, it just didn't make sense to try to be super engaged the whole time because sometimes I'll be live for like three hours. Something that I see probably the most when I see other people going live and promoing their lives is like collaborative lives. And I feel like I've tried this in a lot of different ways. 
Um, the first one is we've done some beachy lives, like partnered lives. And if you're promoting these for us, like they've actually been really successful. It is a little bit difficult because Cam doesn't show his face. The first time that we did one of these, I was also not showing my face yet. So it can be hard. A lot of people ask me because they know that I go live a lot if you can go live faceless. And I say absolutely, as long as you're just cautious and just have things set up, especially if you have your camera on a tripod, just isn't an issue. Like I feel like it's easy to just have yourself out of frame. But for some reason with two people, it honestly was really difficult. So that's something to think about because I know a lot of people without make partnered content, the person that they're partnered with isn't showing their face. So that's something to think about. But honestly, even then it was really successful and we just had to just take our time and be careful with kind of the angles we were getting. Yeah, I feel like now we would probably just because we know more about how the OnlyFans like live ecosystem works is have my free page be like the POV angle. And then because you could do like collaborative lives with another OnlyFans account, multiple OnlyFans accounts, I believe. So like we would probably have Summer's camera as the main one on the tripod. And then on the free page where it's like, if anyone does happen to go be looking on my free page at the moment, it'd have to be like $15 just to get in. But then it would already be showing like on Summer's page. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we have some more workarounds there where we'd be able to shoot a little bit easier. And now that Summer shows face, I think it's like way less of a, a ha- like a hurdle, not a hassle, but just a hurdle of like something we have to think about. Yeah, totally. And also I've done a few different kinds of like partnered collabs with other people where we go live. And I will say that it's a lot easier if you're in the same place. Like I went live with my friend Meg. Her Twitter is not Meg's dead. She was with me at the time and we just like decided on the we she uses the same structure that I do for lives pretty much. So that was super easy. So we decided on the prizes and tip goals and stuff ahead of time, which I'll get more into that whole structure. But that one was really easy where I also did one of my friends, Parker, and I did a live. She's taking a break right now, so I can't give you her app, but hopefully we'll have her on eventually. We did a live a while ago where we like split the screen somehow. Do you remember how that worked? Yeah, so it's kind of like how I was talking about what how we would shoot partnered content now going live. One person would host and then I think you could invite as long as they have an OnlyFans account that's like verified and, you know, up to up to stuff or whatever. But yeah, you just shoot them an invite and then it's like a split screen. But the issues we were having were the lag, right? Because mm-hmm. you were a little bit ahead. She was a little bit behind and you just couldn't because like, honestly, the OnlyFans live is not the best. It has a lot of downsides mm-hmm. to it. It crashes a lot. It, you know, can't connect to servers. It just does what it wants when it wants, it feels yeah. like. And you're just, there's no notification saying like, hey, the live's going down or hey, it's an issue. Like you really have to just be looking at the chat and seeing if someone's like, I can't hear you or like, it's cutting out. Like, sorry, I'll be back. Which is like, if we couldn't, if we didn't have to deal with that, then we'd, we'd probably make more money because the people would be there and not leaving because no one wants to watch like some super laggy, yeah, laggy yeah. stream or like no audio stream when you're like playing with yourself or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty difficult with Parker where we had to like really wait to make sure each other was done talking because it was lagging so much. We kept interrupting each other on accident. And then like if one of us would be talking slightly louder than the other, it would like 
completely get rid of the other person's audio for a second. So I don't know. You could definitely try that. It's not something I would personally do again because we did have like people were really engaged into it, but it was just so frustrating for both of us trying to like manage the technical issues. So maybe if you both have super fast Wi-Fi or something, you could try it again. But yeah, I definitely it was honestly kind of a nightmare just like from a technical standpoint. And OnlyFans does have OBS integration, which is similar to if you have a Twitch and you're trying to stream where there's clients you could connect to OnlyFans that could run your stream for you. If you have that software and you have that know-how, they have the key that you like plug in to like basically route your live stream from whatever software you're doing to your OnlyFans. So there are other ways to utilize the live feature that we just haven't even really dove into. But I do see people posting like live streams from on like other platforms, it looks like like they might have a fansly and then it's like mm. ported over to OnlyFans and it's like sort of connected, but then they could get tips from like both platforms at the same time, but then it's not really like showing it. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, I don't really like obviously OnlyFans doesn't want fansly on there, but they provide that key so people will stream that way. So that's super cool. I didn't yeah. know that. I we should try that for yeah. sure. I do feel like my lives are way more fun if I'm live multiple places at once because you're obviously getting like double the engagement, hopefully. I mean, it just depends where you're streaming and if you actually have people in there. I would do a whole episode on Chatterbait if I knew enough about it, but I literally just started streaming on there like a week ago. So that's been really nice to do like both at once and get that like multiple streams of dares i haven't had an issue yet or draws i haven't had an issue yet with that but yeah i don't know how it would go trying to like stream with multiple people and be live multiple places at once i think it'd be a little too much i feel like every episode we talk about having dmca but i do want to warn that i from what i know about the industry is when you're streaming on some of these sites that are like no barrier of entry for people to come in, a lot of times your content gets leaked and people will rip off the live. So, I mean, things you have to consider, things you have to know. That's the only reason we're mentioning it. We're not trying to be like, be aware of the boogeyman, but you don't have to make lives a necessary part of what you provide if you're not comfortable. So don't feel like you have to. It's just we're giving you the info to have these multi-stream like multiple streams of income so you don't have to rely on your subs because your sub count could drop, you know, fluctuate. But if you have consistent subs that are coming for a live that, you know, like to spend money, like it's a good extra little bit of income, but just know that like there is a possibility your stuff's getting ripped. As far as like promoting the lives for me, my kind of routine for it, I wish that I was on like a week ahead schedule, but honestly, it's usually day of that I decide I'm doing a live and I'll usually just make a little flyer for it. I'll put that on my OnlyFans story and then I'll also, there's a little um, streaming tab on the side. So I'll schedule it for a certain time. I can give it a little cover and I will let people know my prices ahead of time, which this is definitely personal to like you, your page, like your subscription price is probably different from mine. If you're a creator, like you probably have lots of things you charge differently for. So keeping all of that in mind, you'd want to set your own prices. But 
I usually charge $10 for a draw from the prize pot and I'll get into what kind of stuff I put in the prize pot. And then $15 for um, to choose my vibrator and then $20 to choose the dildo that I use. And then I'll set tip goals every $50. So those always change, but I usually try to make it something that's like either one of the biggest things that would be in the prize pot or bigger than the things in the prize pot. Yeah, because sometimes you even have like free subscriptions in the prize pot or, you know, a discounted try, like whatever. You have so many different things and sometimes you'll do like JOIs or whatever. So there's so many different creative ways I feel like that you come up with that I wouldn't even think of, but people love it and they love to watch you do them. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to sit here and just like list everything I put in the prize pot, but just to like kind of explain what it is. For me, I use like a bowl with little pieces of paper that I draw from, but I have a lot of friends who use wheel spins. So some people use like online wheels. You can get like apps for it. Um, And then my friend Meg that I mentioned, she does um, like a dry erase wheel she has. So there's a lot of ways to do this kind of same concept. Yeah, I just use literally a bowl with some papers. I try to change them out pretty often so that you don't know like exactly what's in the pot. Just kind of keeps things interesting because like Cam mentioned, there are a lot of people who are just like regulars for lives. So I basically have like most of my toys are in there. Like see me play with this toy, see me play with this toy. And then I have like oil titties, slap ass, like little things like that. And then some big things. So I'll have like next three months, 60% off or a free month subscription next month or a free video or something. So yeah, I try to make everything at least worth the $10 and then have some things that are a lot bigger. And then if I'm not sure what to do for tip goals, usually for my first tip goal, I'll always do one minute with the dildo because I usually will have less dildos than vibrators in there. And that's just like, I feel like what my subs always say they want to see. But if I'm not sure, I just do a little try on like fashion shows usually. So, cause it's like a little strip tease, a little longer, you know? So I'll do like three bikini try on or three lingerie try on or a bigger one if it's like a later goal. And then there's a part of the actual like live stream feature where you can select tip goal. Like you can keep setting it throughout the live so they can see it and they can see how far you are from it. Yeah, because it's like a collective pot of all the tips that everyone can contribute to. So it's like, I think it's funny. Sometimes we've seen subs be like rallying together. Like, (laughs) come on, guys, we need 10 more dollars. Who's going to do it? Like, I just did the $40. We got to get one more and we could see Summer do this or do that. And like, it's like... They're like, they'll be commenting back and forth. And she's like, this is great. Like we got summers. We got hit her next tip goal or something funny. Yeah, it is fun when everyone's like chatting in there. I feel like some lives, like the chat is so quiet and some lives it's like literally on fire like that. Also, um, if if I didn't make it clear what the tip goals are, it's like collectively the amount of pooled tips that have gone towards draws will like add up to a certain amount. So like for me, it's every $50. So like at $50, I'll do this. At $100, I'll do this. And then you can like increase the increments if you want it, or you could keep doing it every 50. It doesn't really, you know, obviously it's up to you. And then when we do BG lives, it's a premium. So things don't start until a certain amount, if that makes sense. Like basically until we hit $100, like I don't even enter the picture. Like that's summer's foreplay for like the people. And then it's, like every hundred dollars, like we'll 
escalate to like you know bj like me eating her out like, whatever it is and then eventually it's like five four hundred five hundred dollar tip goal is like we have sex on camera so it's just and in that we have built in like you could tip even more if you want us to switch a position or you know do whatever it's like almost a live custom i feel like but it's like a collective live custom it's true democracy controlling our sex <laughs> life <laughs> so lastly I just I feel like we should mention just another way that people run ticketed events, if you want to call it that. Like, but basically you could have like a preset, I don't know if routine's the word, because it's not like, you know, dance routine, but it's here's my choreography. Yeah, here's how I'm gonna whatever. But basically you could charge like fifty to hundred dollars. I mean, whatever you want to charge. If someone's gonna pay it, charge it, but make it worth it, you know, like equivalent. So I'd say like per minute type of vibe, you know? So they'll charge 50 to a hundred dollars and then they'll put whoever tipped, like they'll have it up for like a week, like a campaign. It's like, I'm doing a live show on this day, tip this amount. I'll be live, you know, this for this time. And this is exactly what my show is going to be. Then they go live and they only allow it to those people who they've, who have tipped. They put them on a specific like list, the same type of list that we do mass messaging on. And then those are the people that get to enter like the room, you know, while you're doing your routine or whatever. And then on top of that, you could have tip goals like I have this set, but if you want to tip more for something specific, like here's what I'm willing to offer. And I know that's like a way that people do it, but I think that's more successful for people who have like a really I've only like I've only really seen it on people who have like a social media following that's like because they're famous, you know, because it's a high barrier of entry. It's minimum starting usually like 75, 50, 75, like 100, like whatever. But that's kind of like the range. So you might miss a lot of those subs that would only tip 10, 5, 10, whatever. Yeah, but also if you know your fan base, you could always just, you know, set your prices accordingly. Also, something we didn't mention is how many subs ask for like recordings of the shows. Oh, yeah. Which personally, that's not something that I offer, but it's definitely a good idea. Like if you feel like a live, like, I don't know, went really well or something, you could definitely send it out as like PPV or offer that because people are always asking. Yeah, I think it sits in your vault just like untouched unless you do something with it. And then it might expire after a certain amount of time if you don't do it, like do anything with it. I've seen people, I think even Meg, who you mentioned before, she offers that as like a perk of her live. Like if you just tip, like I'll send you the live after. Yeah, that's a really smart thing to do. Another little nugget I feel like we forgot to mention is if you're going like going live with other people or collabing on a live, you need to make sure that you're tagging them just like you would if you were like doing other kinds of collab content together because OnlyFans is really strict on the tagging and you could get in a lot of trouble and it does like Cam mentioned it does save it in your vault for a while or forever. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've had we randomly had like a BG live get taken down. That was from like the first month we started or something. I don't know, something we didn't even like actually go live that long. I forgot what it was, but it was something really random that just got taken down. We couldn't even look at what it was, but it was definitely like something with me in it or something. Yeah, I think it was like I went live by myself 
And then the live was going well and people started asking for BG. So we ended up setting it as like a tip goal for something. So we weren't expecting you to come in. So we didn't like remember to yeah, tag that, you. Yeah, that sounds right. That's what it was. Yeah, but be cautious of that because it can be easy to forget with the tag sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes they'll let you add it later. And other times it's just like you have a red notification that says it's gone. And you're like, oh, well, I couldn't even see what it was. So I guess bye. Like... They like literally won't even let you go click and see what got, they got taken down. So they're really serious about that. It's it's because, you know, they don't want, you know, non-consensual stuff getting put out there, or just like minor safety type of thing. So I, I get it, but it's a little bit annoying sometimes. Yeah, nothing puts a pit in my stomach, like going on OnlyFans and getting the notification that like a sweep happened and a bunch of my yeah. stuff got taken down because sometimes I'll take stuff down for no reason. Like I have a lot of friends who've gotten their stuff flagged because they're like wearing a wig or something. Or because something their sub said and it's like, I couldn't control what they typed. Like I didn't ask them to mm-hmm. ask me the specific thing. And then it's like a warning, like you can't talk about this. It's like, I, I, I literally, literally, I literally wasn't, yeah. I was not trying to. Yeah. A lot of stuff gets taken down too, where it'll say like, for violating the TOS and then you can't figure out why. And if you try to ask them, they're just like, if you believe it didn't violate the TOS, just go ahead and repost it. Well, I think that's pretty much everything we have to say about this topic. Do you have any other little tidbits? I feel like we covered like a very basic slash, you know, medium dive into live (laughs) streaming because it's just this is this is the information we know, you know, I feel like we say it so many times. It's like we're just learning kind of as we're going and we're just given that information for for you guys. And I'm sure there's, you know, another sex worker out there that has the perfect formula on how to run it. And I would just take everything you you hear and kind of just do what works best for you and what you're most comfortable with. Yeah, it's been a lot of trial and error for sure. And also, like, I really don't know generally about camming. Like, I'm trying to get more into it. Like I said, I've been trying out Chatterbait. But yeah, I definitely haven't um, like perfected the camming yeah. by any means, even on OnlyFans. But that's kind of what we've figured out so far in the last like year of me regularly going live on there. So I guess it's time to just plug our socials one more time. My Instagram is Seashell Slut. Slut is spelled with a V. So S-E-A-S-H-E-L-L-S-L-V-T. Every time I spell that out, I wish I didn't. It's so long. Uh, my Twitter is Summerstone with three E's at the end. My OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Summerstone. I do want to give a little shout out to my YouTube channel because that's something I've been working on a lot lately. So go subscribe if you want to see me try on lingerie and bikinis and stuff. So that's Summer underscore Stone. And all our other links are summerstone.fun that's f-u-n and if you are a sex worker or someone who wants to get more into sex work or in the online space and you have any questions or anything like that feel free to reach out to me at hello at summerstone.co and i know i already mentioned this at the beginning but i'm trying to be better about it (laughs) wherever you're listening to this please 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 if you're enjoying it go ahead and leave us a five-star review or rating It really helps us out. And yeah, it's really exciting that we're on our sixth episode already. I'm excited because we got some really, really fun stuff coming up. We've got some collabs planned. And I think with every collab, we've been like, hey, we got this podcast. We'd love to do an interview with you. And we just have some really, really exciting. I feel like media coming out with some people that have a lot of experience in in the industry, like way longer than us. And just to hear their perspective on things is going to be super, super 
super sick. Yeah, I don't realize like how different everyone's kind of like, it sounds cheesy, but like story with everything is, but it's pretty crazy. Like, I feel like we have a really wide variety of like friends with really different experiences and really different like platforms that they focus on and stuff. So I'm excited. I also don't want to jump the gun on something too much, but I do think we might be experimenting with some type of video podcast situation for some of those collabs. So if that's kind of more your thing, you want to see summer talking to some, you know, models who are also doing the same stuff that we're doing. I think it'll be really, really cool. Like I'm excited. I'm really excited about that aspect. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think that's everything we have for today. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Let's just fuck about